If you want to be a premier cop, then you need to learn from the premier police training company in the land. Of course, I'm talking about Street Cop Training. They've got dozens of instructors out in the field right now, sharing their expertise in narcotics, interdiction, report writing, first aid, mental health, case law, and just quality police work. And those aren't even all the topics. There's literally something for everybody. I've attended several classes myself, and I can tell you that these folks cannot miss. Dennis Benino, the owner, is doing massive things for the world of law enforcement at a time when everyone else seems to be running away from it. Street Cop Training is literally the best in the business. Check out their private Instagram and join their law enforcement-only Facebook group to get free trainings, and then check out upcoming in-person and on-demand trainings at streetcop.com. You will not be disappointed. The views and opinions expressed on the 108 podcast are those of the authors and guests individually. They do not necessarily reflect an official policy or position. The 108 podcast is for entertainment purposes only and is not affiliated with any entity, agency, or department. This week on the 108 podcast, chocolate covered stress balls with Dr. Elizabeth Dell. Stress, by definition, is any type of change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain. People do that? People don't touch that? I think they're psychopaths. Alright, nerd, whatever. Night shift, you're fucked. Write that down, folks. Write that down. Maybe not the most professional thing to say. You hear about these officers that, you know, they do their 20 to 30, and then they drop dead within six months. We're, we're on the same path here, Doc. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 108 Podcast, episode 214. We are here with Dr. Elizabeth Dellery, a great friend of the show, a great friend of mine. You know, every time that I got Dr. Dion, I always feel like I learned something, and I feel a little bit more stupid at the same time. She is just amazing. You know what? That amazing is a perfect word to describe her. Just smart. She's funny. She cannot handle her fireball, but that's okay. We still love her anyway. Welcome to the show. Today's episode is called Chocolate Covered Stress Balls because that's really, when we get right down to it, that's what we are, guys. We are just, we're all just like tiny little balls of stress and we add the chocolate because we're sweet. Actually, at this point, we're like like espresso beans, you know? Um, at least I am. I, I just drink way too much coffee, way too much caffeine, but... We are here. We are ready to have a great time. We're going to get to Dr. D in just a few. But first, we got to do a few housekeeping things while I got your attention because I know you guys are so excited to get to Dr. D. So, just listen to me really quick. First off, I want to thank Brian from Anthem Music for making that intro. I meant to kind of talk a little bit more about that last week. But the conversation with Ben just took all my attention because he just blew me away. Absolutely amazing last week. If you didn't listen, I, I would say of, of all the episodes, that one's a top five. As far as like my favorite, which is tough because I say that every week, but Ben did such a great job. He has such an amazing um, thought process into into mental health and law enforcement. Uh, I really appreciated that. But 
again, I digress. Brian, uh, he plays in the band Seconds to Say, and he also uh, runs Anthem Music. If you want a jingle or a theme song for your podcast, for your brand, for your YouTube videos, whatever it might be, go check him out. Uh, Anthem Music, he's on Instagram. He's got a website, and if you use the code 10-8-T-E-N-E-I-G-H-T, you'll get 20% off your production that he will make a custom song for you. And hey, even if you don't have a brand or something that you need a theme song to, he will make you a custom song. So just go check it out. It's pretty cool. I've always wanted custom music for myself. You know, I used to be in a band and all that stuff, but I've never been super, like, musically inclined where I can just sit down and play exactly what I want. So to have someone like him in my life is really good. It's, it's crazy because as he showed up, I was about to ask my nephew, and we're going to get to my nephew in a second, um, to do something because he's, he's sick on guitar too. But And he might. I might have him do it in the future. But um, So Brian's great. I uh, also want to thank Dave from the Hey My Man podcast, Unit to Back page, and whatever other endeavor he's doing. Uh, he is just so helpful for doing my bumpers in the beginning of the episode. Um, I'll give him like a list of five people that are coming up, and he'll just bust them out probably within the day. He's just amazing. Doesn't do any, doesn't take any money from it or anything. He's just great. Go to the Unit to Back uh, page on Instagram, Unit Number Two Back. I think I don't think there's any uh, underscores. And go check out his page. He has amazing cop merch that is unlike anything you've ever seen. He does it based on like 80s uh, hardcore thrash punk logos. And he makes it cop-like. And they're, they're great. I love it. Uh, I've posted it on my page before. His Defendants shirt based on the Descendants logo is my favorite. But he also has um, Proactive Policing is Not a Crime. He's got a bunch. He just came out with a whole bunch of new ones too. So do me a favor. Go check him out. I would really appreciate it, as would he. And he's actually going to be kind of shifting that brand a little bit, too. So you guys are going to want to see that. Uh, Talking about my nephew, you know, I'm trying to get more people to look at this podcast and listen to this podcast, you know. And I understand that a lot of people, either they're just not into podcasting because, you know, they've never really been into, like, talk radio or, or things that are very similar to it. But also, you know, they may not have an hour to dedicate to just listening to some people talk and I, I can I can appreciate that but I know that of the 35,000 people that follow me on Instagram there is at least a larger percentage that would want to listen but they may not have taken that dive yet and I I I, I have mixed feelings about that I think they should should take the leap because there is something I think there's an episode for everybody but I'm biased of course but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start doing like a minute or two minute video clips of different portions of my episode every week and we're going to start uploading them onto the Instagram, to the Facebook page, maybe to YouTube. I haven't decided that just yet. And my nephew, uh, we're going to call him Spider just for um, reference purposes. He's going to start um, putting those together because I just don't have time. Between working a full-time job, doing this for the rest of the time, to take time and actually sit down and make videos uh, is tough. I've, I've released a bunch of videos recently. Um, I took a clip from episode one of season two with Tom Rizzo. I made something from that. I took something from last week when I was talking about stoicism. Uh, and then I've done, I did the Jack for Jason video that came out uh, the other day. So I, I've done it, but it does take a long time and, it, and it's it's... A lot of time that I just don't have. I wish I had more time, but that's just not how things work. All right, that's pretty much all the intro stuff I had to get through. And now I want to talk about something, and then we're going to get into Dr. D. 
very simply, you know, I said last week uh, at the close of the episode about not complaining as we go into 2022. And then I started thinking about it because someone reached out to me on Instagram and they're like, you know, man, you say don't complain. You say take everything in stride. But then you also say be open with your mental health. So how how can I be open with my mental health and not complain? Because, you know, the, the Stoics, what caught my eye, the reason I shared those those passages last week is because it's they say, you know, don't be heard complaining even to yourself. Here's the thing. To complain... Okay, and we're going to get a dictionary definition here. To complain is to express dissatisfaction or annoyance about something. Okay? Um, but I see it as going a step further. To complain about something is to express the dissatisfaction or annoyance about something and then do nothing about it. They are just empty words. They are empty calories that you are pushing into the world. Now, what I am suggesting and what I've had people on suggesting is that you take those things that are dissatisfying or annoying and do something about it. Last year, I had Nick Wall on and I work with Nick. And if you are unhappy with your eating habits, contact a nutritionist. If you're unhappy with your exercise routine, go find a personal trainer. If you have a personal trainer and you're unhappy with it, go find another one. It's things that are just that simple, folks. Same thing with mental health, you know, and that's what I've been saying. And, and as as I try to become a propo- you know, a, I take my platform and and mold it more towards mental health. I, I don't want to be like contradictory or misunderstand or misunderstood. So I, I wanted to air that out real quick. So yes, do not complain. Do not be caught complaining even to yourself or even about yourself. But at the same time, if things are not adding up, if things are not good, do something about it. Go see a therapist. Go meditate. Go work on your body. There's so many different things you can do. Why aren't you? You know? So that kind of leads, that, that is uh, the overarching theme over these uh, the past few weeks and the next few weeks as we kind of talk about different things and, and interchange them. Today's episode is a treat because we're going to take a scientific look at stress at your brain and uh, she's also going to give you non-scientific ways to combat it. Um, I would like you guys really to pay attention. It's stuff that you, because, and I say this in the episode, I say it towards the end, it's so easy for cops to be like, oh, well, I heard that if you do this, 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 you know, we're Google researchers. Um, this is solid research done by a scientist, so listen to it. This is how the body actually works. So, take a listen. Take a listen, check it out, and I guarantee you, you're going to learn something. Um, and here's the thing. Something she may say you may not agree with, but the science is there. The the uh, the scientific data is literally right there. And I, I, you know, if you actually want it, go contact her and, and she will provide it to you. But, putting the cart before the horse, let's go ahead and get on down and we will talk to our great friend, Dr. Elizabeth Dellery. And here we go. Let's talk a little bit about stress.
right, the doctor is in, and joining me as always, our resident brain genius here, we have Elizabeth Dellery. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Good. We're going to talk about stress because you know that that is uh you know the flavor of the month in law enforcement. That's just what we all seem to sign up for. We get a lot of stress. A lot of different things stress us out as first responders in general, uh, not just you know, the crazy things we do for a living, but everything that kind of weaves its way into it. And you're going to kind of tell us, what are you going to tell us today? Oh, I have so much knowledge to drop. And I feel like it's <laughs> it's about to end up turning into like an intro to psych, like 101 class. Awesome. That's kind of what this month of January is going to be. We've got you, we had Ben last week who he runs his department's like mental health and wellness uh, unit. And then uh, we've got some uh, kind of de-stressors coming up, uh, in the next few weeks. So that's good. That's kind of what I'm going for the new, new flavor as we go into 2022. Uh, the holidays are behind us talking about stress. So before we get too deep into the woods, uh, for everyone that hasn't, uh, heard you talk on the show before or anything like that, they're not familiar with you just yet. Uh, Dr. D is a friend of the show. She's been on multiple times. You've talked about just the brain in general and how the cop brain is a little different. That was what, episode four, I think? Um, five? five? One of the very first episodes. Then she made a special guest appearance on the first <laughs> Drunk Cop episode. Uh, if you guys want to check out episode 10, you definitely want to do oh, that. Pass. <laughs> you can skip that one. And then uh, in the spring last year, we talked about ADHD. And then she made a sneak appearance on one of the Christmas episodes this past month. So, but... Doc, go ahead and introduce yourself as, uh, you know, let us know who you are and your credentials and everything, and then we'll get diving into the brain. Awesome. Okay. So I will do the abbreviated version, um, but I have my PhD in biomedical sciences, so I am not a physician. I am a research doctor. Um, so I cannot provide, you know, clinical medical advice, but I can, you know, point you in the right direction and, and tell you kind of what the literature says. Um and my specialty is actually neuroimmunology. So I study the brain's immune response, um, you know, could be to stress, it could be to viruses, bacteria, things like that. Um, so it's my favorite organ and we're going to talk about it a lot today. Sweet. Great. And what are you doing right now? Are you, you docking it up? You're teaching it up? What are you doing? So we're, uh, I'm, I'm a med school professor. I teach microbiology and immunology uh, to biomedical sciences master's students. And then I teach uh, neuroimmunology to uh, f- baby physicians. Okay. Um, and uh, we're technically on winter break right now. Um, so trying to rest, but it's kind of a lot of, you know, writing letters of recommendations for students who want to get into medical school mm-hmm. and like planning my course. And I teach immunology in the spring. So it's finding ways to make it fun because it, it's a it's a brutal topic to begin yeah. with and, and it's a lot. So you guys may be a little bit more relaxed now that it's, you know, post Christmas. And, you know, I mean, I guess you guys have new year's and new year's is, is stressful for first yeah, responders, yeah. The, the fireworks versus gunshots. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. But uh, no, mine is like extra stress right now to like mm. get everything in, you know, and be prepared before the semester starts. Gotcha. So I am under stress right now. <laughs> well, hopefully this will not be a stressful conversation for you. This is going to be the relaxing part of your of your winter break. So thank Absolutely. you very much for taking time and chatting with us. So let's start very broad. Let's open up the umbrella. What is stress? Okay. 
So stress by definition is any type of change that causes physical, emotional, or psychological strain. So most people need, you know, you talk about stress, you could just be talking about, you know, mental stress, like you have bills due and you're thinking about that. But most other people don't realize that like, okay, you go to the gym and you're doing bicep curls. That's actually a variety of stress as mm-hmm. well. It's just, you know, the muscle and not, you know, your brain. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. So I know we, we've kind of like prepped this conversation in whole. So what does stress do to your brain? Stress for the most part, comes from your brain. Okay. Uh, if we're talking about, you know, the mental stress. So usually how it works physiologically, usually there's some sort of external, sometimes it can be internal, like if you're worrying about something, but it's usually, you know, some sort of event that activates the amygdala in your brain, which is going to be kind of your fear and your emotions. Uh, a lot of people associate it with being kind of that primal, just like your very basic, you know, caveman-like feelings. So this event can activate it. And your brain, you know, is all connected and sends all kinds of signals throughout the body, but basically activates what we call the HPA axis, which is your hypothalamus, your pituitary, and like your adrenals. And basically it's just, you know, stages of signaling. And eventually it leads to activation of your adrenal glands to secrete adrenaline and cortisol, like these stress hormones to activate your body, to prepare you for this fight or flight or the newest thing people are referring to, fight, flight, or freeze, because freezing is actually, you know, one of those fear responses. Mm-hmm. To. So the very basics, this is what's physiologically happening to your body. Okay. Okay. So that's how your brain initially responds to all that. So what what else? Lead, lead us down the rabbit hole. I'm going to kind of lead on your expertise as to how the how this hall goes and how it affects different parts of your body. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm kind of going to focus, I think, a little bit more on the end product. So this adrenaline Mm, mm. and this cortisol that most people think about, because that's usually kind of when you start to like actually feel the effects of it is when, you know, it's actually gotten to your body. So obviously you guys all probably know what adrenaline is. You know, you feel that adrenaline rush, you're on a call, uh, you know, you're racing really fast. You're even, you know, driving quickly, you know, having to go through red lights and like checking to see if someone's coming in the opposite direction or, you know, mentally preparing yourself for whatever the next call may be. Obviously your body's surging. It's, you know, kind of that upper feeling, but you know, your heart is racing. Um, You're very focused and you're activated because all of, you know, your body's energy has gone towards preparing you to fight, flight, or freeze. And for the most part with cops, it's going to be one of these fight. You guys have to go towards danger. It's just kind of nature of the job at this point. Cortisol, on the other hand, kind of helps, I guess, physiologically prepare your body for that stress. You know, it helps add glucose to your bloodstream to give your muscles that energy. Um, Mm -hmm. It can help break down fat in your liver um, to, again, give you that energy you need to ideally, you know, kind of that fight response. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that, you can't function fully. You know, if uh, you get to a call and someone tries to attack you and you don't have this, you know, easy access glucose, or you haven't broken down the fatty acids for energy, you know, you're not even going to really be able to physically fight back. So, you know, I know there's a lot of stigma that like cortisol is probably like, you hear of it being a bad thing, like with all the yeah, yeah. commercials are like, yeah, there's so much cortisol in your body, blah, 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 blah. Cortisol is good for you. Like it has a purpose. Um, you know, naturally, I mean, it's naturally occurring in your body. Um, most people don't realize this too, but when you wake up first thing in the morning, you have higher levels of cortisol that, you know, slowly decrease throughout the day because it helps with 
you know, activation and waking up. You know, it's what gives you that energy first thing in the morning. Um, so it plays a very essential role in just, you know, functioning, you know, mm-hmm. especially if you don't do any caffeine or whatever. Uh, and people that's do that? People don't touch <laughs> caffeine? I think they're psychopaths. Like, I don't I, I you know. I Hold on. Let's, let's talk <laughs> real quick because our buddy Canine Loki, he doesn't touch coffee or energy drinks. He's one of those weirdos. Like, when I asked what? him... Yeah, when I asked him what he does to stay awake, he said, I drink water. I'm like, all right, nerd, whatever. <laughs> okay, so he, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Okay, your brain is slightly more water concentration than the rest of your body. And actually, some fatigue can come from being dehydrated and not mm-hmm. having enough water in your brain. We talked about that in the first episode. Go listen to it. Oh, that. yeah. <laughs> but um, I thoroughly and completely adore caffeine, and mm-hmm. I am very 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 much addicted to it so yeah I, I love it to the point of having it inked onto my body for the rest of my life so yeah well, anyway funny. sorry we side railed on this ca- caffeine conversation <laughs> but i mean caffeine does help with activation as well um now so i saw I'm, I'm totally going off the rails here but this is the adhd um i read or i watched a video where they were saying that first thing in the morning uh is it true that like a different part of your brain is like more water responsive because someone was saying the video I was watching said when you wake up instead of brewing a cup of coffee first drink a cold glass of water or some kind of glass of water and that's actually going to wake you up more than coffee yeah and and that is highly reported well if you think about it you sweat while you sleep mm-hmm. even breathing out even like respiring and things like that you are losing water droplets that you don't you know realize you're doing you are you lose water in that you know mm. ideally eight hours you're sleeping at night um, people do that so, too. I don't know how they do. So yeah, no, it's one of the best things you can do is having a glass of water next to your bed to drink that when you wake up. Interesting. Water, not water, Frank. Um, <laughs> also episode. Oh, and actually I think it was the second one. Um, but yeah, that is, it is important to use and, and water helps with all your physiological processes. But again, something that else, you know, helps with waking up is that, you know, cortisol levels first thing in the morning. So if you think about that now, you know, but I, I'm sorry. I just no, I was thinking fine. about this, and I don't want to lose the thought. Um, now, for night shifters, and you were saying, well, well, first thing you wake up in the morning. Now, night shifters wake up in the afternoon or evening. Is that mess up with your cortisol letter levels? Oh, that is great. Minds think like that is where I was going with that oh, one. Look at that. <laughs> night shift. I'm sorry, and this is um, maybe not the most professional thing to say. Um, night shift. You're fucked. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Write that I, down, I, folks. Write that down. <laughs> my professional opinion, no. There there actually are a lot of studies out there where they've looked at shift workers. Um, and when I was going down a rabbit hole last night, I actually found this really, really cool paper um, where they actually looked at, I'm sorry, um, but security guards oh. who work night shifts. So, uh, at oh, so their the night shift is different than our night shift. A little bit, yeah. Um, but they were basically, they took about 90 night shift security guards. Okay. And they measured their cortisol levels kind of over their shift to kind of compare it to, you know, what science knows is the standard that we should expect to see, you know, as part of, you know, your biological cycles. And, you know, it's it's very well, you know, connected and related to your circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. And they were finding it that was massively disrupted in night shifters that like they were seeing peaks in cortisol, you know, obviously they're waking up more towards the afternoon and they were seeing peaks in cortisol, like right before they go into their shift. So like, you know, late or, or I guess early evening ish mm-hmm. depends on 
you know, how late you go, but like nine ish, 10 ish, things like that. But they were also seeing peaks again at like six or seven in the morning when they were getting off of work. Mm, That's two peaks. And usually you don't see that. You see like one big one in the morning when you first wake up and then it dips off over time, which was really interesting. And they also found that this also related to, they also classified the security guards based on like how stressful, like their level of security detail was sure, like, sure. like sitting inside of a locked building or was it like actively going outside and patrolling at night kind of things. And they found the security guards that had slightly higher stress um, tasks to do, like patrolling outside at night had even higher levels of cortisol. Um, and you know, you guys are cops. <laughs> I know we do is of- patrol outside. At night. <laughs> I know so a just- lot of you guys sit in the parking lots at night, but you know, you're still on alert. You're still doing a stressful activity. Right. You're going to be under massive amounts of stress. And and I'd also argue that with your job, you know, rather than having peaks and you know increases here and there, you're probably under more of a constant state mm-hmm. right. of elevated cortisol. Um, and that's kind of when it gets into a bad thing because I you know disrupts all of your physiological systems. You know, too much of anything can be a bad thing. You know. Right. Um, but something else they've noticed in kind of an unrelated track. They have higher rates of cancer in people Mm. who work night shift. Um, It's even higher if you alternate between night shift and day shift kind of like irregularly um, because then your body doesn't develop its own. You know, there's some help to if you're like constantly night shift, your body starts to adjust and adapt to it. But if you're like a department that like one week you're night shift, next week you're day shift. Mm. Which I've heard of. Yeah. Yeah. I know NOPD did it for a little bit. Um, And that can just cause, you know, I mean, some of the highest rates of cancer, like breast cancer, prostate cancer, um, even men can get breast cancer too. So it is important, you know, to get screenings, but your jobs put you at a higher risk of these, you know, prevent, I mean, you can technically, in some cases, um, you know, take care of yourself and and prevent Mm. cancers, but, you know, night shift, you're kind of fucked in that, like, literally your job description and what you do puts you at higher risk of you know, developing cancer. And, it, and they argue that it's probably related to this alteration in cortisol because it also throws off melatonin. Melatonin mm-hmm. is naturally produced in your body. Um, you know, especially as light starts to dim, more is released to prepare you for sleep. That's kind of mm-hmm. the natural process and, and doing night shift where you're awake at night. At night, yeah. Throws that all off, can disrupt production of it, uh, and and since they've shown too that even melatonin can even help with kind of even controlling initiation and even metastasis of cancer, obviously you can just you know even if you don't know science, jump to conclusions like yeah, if your yeah. melatonin's altered, like it's going to be harder for it to to deal with the potential cancer that's going to be showing up. Yeah, so there's no there's no for sure like conclusive like this is absolutely what's happening, but the evidence is very very strongly linked that this is what's kind of happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it is really important that you guys take extra care of yourselves. You know, I, I'd highly recommend annual physicals. Um, right, I know a lot of departments or their uh, insurance kind of require that. Um, my where I used to work, it wasn't a requirement. Now my new agency, it is a requirement, and they actually have a thing called Live Scan, where I think Ooh. you just you like kind of sit. I don't know exactly. We haven't done it yet, but it's kind of scans your whole body, and it'll give a whole workup of your entire body what what you got going on. So I agree with that for sure. I mean, you know, I you, you hear about these officers that you know they do their twenty to thirty. And then they get out and then they drop dead within six months because, you know, all these underlying issues, they either didn't screen ahead of time or whatever, you know, and, and when you, you go the distance, when you last the whole career, I mean, that's so much stress. And, and, you know, my dad 
he had heart issues on the job. And then when he got off the job, it was just the floodgates open and he, you know, everything just kind of, um, I remember <clears throat> reading about with the stress, right? So when your stress peaks and then you come down from the stress and, and the, the adrenaline dump, doesn't that do something with your heart? Does that like add like extra strain on your heart? Cause I've, I was told that that's why in Florida we have the heart and lung lung bill for law enforcement. So that way, you know, if we are more prone to heart attacks and, and uh, cardiovascular issues. And you are correct. Actually, adrenaline is associated with it. You know, it elevates your heart rate too, but it also works on your blood vessels and things like that Mm -hmm. to help get blood, you know, to external parts of your body. So that's called activation of your, um, you know, your sympathetic nervous system. Uh, You have your parasympathetic, which obviously opposite of that kind of slows you down afterwards. And, And, you know, that's returning blood vessels to, you know, normal levels, things like that, slowing your heart rate down and kind of just that change you know, can lead to, I mean, you're damaging your cells your, and your epithelium and your endothelial cell or your endothelial cells and blood vessels. Um, but, you know, any kind of expansion and then contraction, you know, can cause issues. And and one really cool sex difference that's really fantastic, um, premenopausal biological females are slightly more protected from that effect because mm. estrogen works on um, your endothelial cells and helps kind of protect you know, your blood vessels from kind of the stress of that. However, once you hit menopause uh, and post-menopause, um, that protective effect kind of goes away. Okay. So uh, the other thing I wanted to ask about the cortisol kind of going back is, um, so you said that cortisol puts glucose in your blood system, right? Or in your bloodstream. So yeah. when you have these, and, and it makes sense when you're talking about a normal person, you know, a normal person waking up in the morning and doing their day, it starts up high, right? And it puts the sh- the glucose in your blood system to get you moving. Um, and your then, brain, it also activates glucose and use of brain's glucose. So. Okay. So then when you go, when you take Mr. Night Shifter, and now we've got timings all messed up and everything, glucose being, does that, it's not going to um, process in your system the right way, right? Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't process in the right way. It just, it would probably be at altered levels than what we would expect to see kind of during a normal. Also, I mean, think about it too, you're eating at different time points that yeah, you, a normal yeah. human being would eat. And so, you know, I mean, that whole system is going to be off. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, night shifters are also at risk of type two diabetes, especially. And long-term. That's, that's where I was going with that. Yeah. I was going to say like that glucose has to go somewhere or does it settle? And then what does that do to your body that way? Well, and even long-term exposure to cortisol is linked to elevated risk of type two diabetes as well as, and, you know, heart conditions and strokes and things like that. Sure. Too. And then you've got, and I, 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 that's, yeah, it's, we're, we're on the same path here, doc. I was about to say, isn't there something called the cortisol be- belly? Yeah. And, and, and usually when you have elevated levels of cortisol, you're going to see fat accumulate in specific areas. Usually one of the main things that you'll see is the moon face where your face gets really round and it's like fat around your neck. Mm-hmm. Um, usually your chest and abdomen as well. Um, while meanwhile, you'll have really skinny arms and legs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of just more of a, like a neck face and torso fat opposed to, yeah. Um, and so there is, there is a, a genetic condition too, known as Cushing's disease too, that you can actually kind of see, um, you know, fat gain in the same, same characteristics as well, but it is kind of similar in like the physical presentation of it. Um, but like in grad school, I was under incredible amounts of stress. And like, I even knew, like, I mean, I still you know, played rugby and, and did things I could to try to maintain, you know, healthy coping mechanisms. 
But my senior year of grad school, I was just, my face was just so fucking puffy just because I know I was under massive amounts of stress. Right. Yeah. Through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no. And, you know, I was thinking about over the summer and you and I talked about it and you were like, we'll try a probiotic, blah, 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 to kind of regulate things. And, you know, I think about, I, I had severe weight gain, um, you know, over the last year up to that, I was losing a lot of weight because I was working with my nutritionist and I lost a lot of weight. But then during the summer, when I had all that stress happen, I gained it all back and it, it, it looked on me, it looked different. You know, it wasn't, yeah, you, look, it, you look puffy. You don't really yeah. look like you're like, you're gaining weight. You'll look puffy. Exactly. And yeah. And of- I thought it was a, it was a diet thing. Cause I, I, you know, I wasn't eating well. So I thought maybe I was just retaining more water. And that can contribute to, you know, it's, it's a loaded topic. Yeah. That's very interesting. So, but would you, but like you said, night shift is almost geared to suffer from that more so because. Yeah. Which means they, they really need to put um, more, I think more effort into taking care of themselves. Uh, and there are multiple things you can do to help, um, you know, with that. Actually, it's really cool that we're talking about cortisol because in undergrad, I majored in biology and psychology um, and we had to do a, a senior thesis project. And it was a really cool concept because rather than doing it independently, we got partnered with someone else in the class and our goal was to come up with a project that was related to both of our interests. Uh, and this guy, Brian, that I worked with was super into kind of more of the holistic you know, uh, like meditation, mm-hmm. yoga, things like mm-hmm. that. And I was, you know, more into trying to find out, you know, the neuroscience and the actual physiological brain stuff. And he and I found this really, really cool. We designed our own like really cool project that he presented at the Virginia Psychological Association um, where we combined meditation with a stressful event. So there are um, in psychology, like uh, accepted protocols you can use to induce stress um, and, and individuals, like one of the tasks that we had them do uh, was count backwards by a specific, like from a super high number, because most people get anxious doing math in front of others, especially mm-hmm. verbally and out loud. Um, he and I had to wear white coats because um, people are uh, intimidated by doctors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's actually mm-hmm. a fear of a lot of people. Uh, and we also had to keep like very straight faces while we did this. But what we did, which was kind of unique um, to a lot of studies out there, most studies look at trying to treat stress after the fact. He and I proposed, well, what if we meditate before um, this stressful event? And so we had, you know, half the randomly chosen, it was called college kids though. So that is kind of a limitation of it. Uh, But we had half the kids, um, you know, just kind of read a generic little article and just kind of chill out, you know, on their own, just, you know, hang out for 15 minutes. The other group, we actually went through a guided um, meditation session, which is usually going to be kind of like a recording where they talk you through it, like the breathing. Mm -hmm. Um, I like guided visualization best, like with ADHD, it's, easier for me to focus on that if they're like oh picture yourself walking on the beach blah 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 so we had students do that and then we subjected them to um, the trier social stress test which is one of those psych tests for it and then we measured salivary cortisol levels before they meditated just to kind of get a baseline level and then um after that stressful event to see and we actually found that in these college kids the ones that had meditated even if they'd never meditated before meditated before um, the trier social stress test, they had lower like elevated cortisol levels after that fact. So it was almost like it was a protective, like preemptive way of kind of lowering your baseline. So even though you had a stressful event after your cortisol levels did not peak as much, which I thought was pretty mm, cool. That is interesting. So, you know, doing things to, you know, relax yourself before shift can be fantastic ways of calming, like going to the gym before you go to the shift. 
Um, you know, doing yoga, doing meditation, you know, uh, getting in a good mindset can help with that too. Sure. Um, and I do have some tips too. I know someone had submitted a question about like ways that they can kind of lower, the, like if you do know you're, you feel yourself getting stressed, um, there are some fun little tips I can give you guys towards the end um, to help with that as well. Yeah, too. yeah, we'll we'll go into that. We're going to do our, our um, submitted questions towards the end. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> um, okay, so we've we kind of, um, is there more to add about the cortisol? Or are we ready to kind of transition? We can, we can move on from cortisol. I mean, okay. cortisol is one of those things where it's like, it's useful, but, you know, in certain levels and probably not during night right. shifts. I, I was going to say, I think the, uh, the takeaway from that is if you're night shift, your cortisol levels are going to be all jacked up. So take care of yourself. So it doesn't, well, I think cops in general, take care of yourself, but oh, absolutely. Shift, absolutely. take care of yourself just a little bit more because you're already working against your circadian rhythm. You got your, your body is literally has no idea what's going on. So be sure to, and before shift work out, relax, do something just to, to get that, um, your brain kind of. Yeah, or even driving to get a routine as you're driving to work that calms you down. Because I know you know, I do it too. I'm driving to work and I'm getting stressed out and I'm like, oh crap, I have to go here. Like, what student's going to email me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Right. And you, you, you make yourself anxious kind of mentally preparing yourself for what you might encounter. And, and while anxiety is a good thing because it prepares you, you know, ahead of time, a response that you can do should said event occur, you know, it's also kind of a waste of energy because, you know, like I'll mentally, but like, what if I have the weirdest preparations? I'm like, if I'm driving, like, what if I have a sinkhole at work or something? Or like, <laughs> what if the liquid nitrogen tank blows up? Like, what am I going to do? It's like, okay, the, the, the likelihood of that happening is very slim. Do I need to waste energy thinking about mm-hmm. these absurd scenarios that are probably not going to happen? Right. Or can I just, you know, take a deep breath, blast some music, you know, do something to calm myself down. You know, sure. it definitely, there. it can also change depending on what you're walking into. Like if you're going into, you know, let's say an oral board for a promotion or versus yeah. your, your day-to-day work, you know what I mean? Like there, there's different levels of stress. Just, that uh, just uh, do a lap dance at a Christmas party. And you oh, that'll help. That'll help. Wow. <laughs> wow. She went, she went straight for the good. <laughs> um, down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. She got fired? No, shots fired. Oh, shots fired. They said she got fired. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's, that's you know, if you just have your rookie give you a lap dance, that's pretty relaxing too. Um, Actually, no, no. So, and that kind of ties into some of the, the questions I saw was that um, there are such things as good stress and bad stress. What's the difference? Uh, no, so they kind of have this scale in psychology and I'm going to actually... No, I don't think I can do it while you're doing this. I was going to share my screen so you, you could see be able it. To. Let's see. Okay. So I want to show you this really, really cool graph and it's called the, like the human response to stress here. And on the Y axis, which is the one that goes up and down, it's looking at your physical and mental activity. You know, obviously towards the bottom is low, towards the top is high. And on the X axis, which runs horizontally, it's looking at stress growth. And there's kind of this like um, arched curve where like you have this comfort zone where the level of work that you're doing and your confidence in yourself and even the stress kind of matches out. So it's like, you know, you do well under a certain amount of pressure where you like feel good, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you're under stress, but you're confident, you know what you're doing, you know, things like that. Right. But then obviously you can go, you know, optimal activity where you like the amount of work you're putting in is equal to the amount of stress. And it's a really, really nice area. You know, if you have, you know, too little stress and you're not really mentally and physically activated, you're going to be bored. Right. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you have like really high levels of stress, 
eventually it'll kind of drop off with that physical and mental activity because we get burned out. So eventually that will lead to, you know, your fatigue, your exhaustion. And then eventually, you know, the furthest part is that burnout here. Right. So and I noticed how like on the low end, it's like a gla- gradual climb and then you yes. peak and then it's like kind of, it's more steep as it's going down. And then when you hit that high, it's just boom, right to the bottom. Drops off. Um, so they have the three terms of the hypo stress when you're in low stress situation, a use stress, which is actually good stress. Mm-hmm. That's what, kind of what you need to function. Like, um, most people don't think of this, but say you win the lottery tomorrow. That is fantastic. That is a great thing, right? But your body goes through the same activation that we talked about with like running into a burning building or something. It's literally the exact same, you know, HPA axis releasing adrenaline and cortisol, um, so that's what we would call you stress. It's like mm. good stress, but it still produces that effect on your body. Right. Eventually, once you get to too high levels of stress is when you hit that de-stress, which is DI stress, not DE. Uh, but that distress is when you're like upset and concerned and kind of like, right. so I, I was talking to someone once on the show and they were saying, and kind of tying back to the lottery thing where after a certain point in your career, it takes more to move the needle. Like it takes more to like excite you at work and stuff like that. Now, is that because the negative stress has become, has reached that comfort zone level where like, Hey, yeah, the, the, the bike is on fire, but you know, we, we chilling, we good. Is that oh, yeah. what that is? Or is it, is it, do you become immune to that? Like how, how does that and, and I guess you could say it's kind of immune, but I think the term that we like to use is resilient. Mm, uh, and okay. you can re- learn resilience to it. Eventually, you can get comfortable with those levels that you're under. Like, um, you know, I'll talk about, like, with me going through grad school, being an undergrad, going to, you know, knowing nothing and kind of getting more confident as I go on and also getting sure. more responsibilities as my degree gets higher. Same with, like, rookies. You start out small, you know, you head up and eventually you're an FTO or you're a sergeant or you're a lieutenant, whatever. Um as you learn and as you grow, you get better at handling, you know, some of the stress that you go under. And, and so it's just kind of working with yourself slowly to get to that point. And it is possible um, to kind of train yourself to be a little bit more resilient to, you know, some of the stresses that you're encountering. Although on the other side too, there can also be that apathy where it's like, it's just too much. You kind of give up. Yeah. Um, this is more so where you kind of, you feel confident and, and, you're better at your job and where you're at that, you know, you're kind of in more of this. Yeah. Um, community I remember- Resilience. Yeah, I remember, you know, getting started out, and I'm sure this is a universal feeling where, you know, you go to work and you're just like, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> every day is just like, you know, all right, let's let's throw shit to the wall and see what sticks. But you get to that point where it's just like every call you go to is like, yeah, no, I know exactly how to handle this. I'll just roll with it and roll with it and roll with it. And that's how I felt. That's where I was at. But then, you know. I was six and a half years in, I could just imagine adding another six and a half to it where my mind would be at. And I think at that point, that's probably where you hit the apathy level, not even resiliency. Like you're just at the domestic, like really I got to That's why I don't understand cops that can be a beat cop for 20 years. Like, dude, I would get like six years was too much. I was like, you know, I need a change. I need something to, to move my, I still don't know how my dad does it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause he, he's not a beat cop, but he's homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and crime scene. And he's seen just, I mean, absolutely brutal homicides and like child rapes and like the stuff that you don't want to see. And he's in New Orleans. So like he sees a lot of it. A lot of it. Yeah. Way more than than many would would um, usually expect. And like he is he can't retire. He's one of the ones who just he loves his job. And mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. what keeps him going is he's I mean, I think he's incredibly resilient. Um, you know, he's accepted 
you know, what it is. He gets help when he needs it. You know, he's a huge, huge uh, proponent of therapy and thinks it's a really great place to go and just, you know, talk and process things, you know. Um, he's very active in his community, he goes to church, you know, not everyone, you know, faith is for them, but having some sort of something to believe in and kind of give you hope, especially when you guys see as much like shit and, and really bad things that you do kind of having mm. something to cling on to sure. can be really, really good. Uh, and you know, and him being really active in his church, you know, and having that purpose outside of, I was going to say, you need outside. that kind of purpose for sure. I know, you know, it's, we always preach about having hobbies outside of the job but that's kind of it. They'll say like, Hey, you need a hobby On to the next topic. Like, no, let's explore that. Cause you need, like you said, you need a sense of purpose. There needs to be something, you know, to keep you active on your days off because if you don't, and, and don't get me wrong. And I'm sure you'll agree. There's a, there's nothing wrong with taking a day just to chill, just to do nothing. And just, Hey, veg out on the couch. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you do too much of that. You're going to have too much idle time and your brain and your thoughts are just going to, spiral too far that's why i like keeping active as much as possible even even not to the point of like oh i go to the gym every day no just like have let me do something let me you know have a sense of purpose and and things like that and i think you're absolutely right i think that's a great way you know like you said you need that you stress you need like kind of pushing that things that make you happy (laughs) yeah exactly exactly you need something just to kind of push that i took a picture of the the arc that you showed uh i'll try to incorporate it with the post but um, you need something to kind of push your level back to the comfort zone and not, not, you know, stuck or getting, but this can even be things like, like learning how to bake bread, yeah, you know, and finally succeeding at making this really cool cookie or, um, you know, uh, picking up a sport or setting mm-hmm. a deadlift PR or something. You have to have something that really pushes you and, and motivates you. I mean, it can even be like reading. I can recommend if you guys are interested in like, you know, more academic and brain type hobbies. Um, I can recommend all kinds of resources where you can actually go and sit in on like different college classes for free mm. oh, nice. and listen to those recordings and actually learn. So if you want to learn, you know, more stuff outside of, um, you know, the police world or you know, microbiology, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So back to stress, back to the things that, that make us tick. Uh, what else you got? What, what else we got uh, to talk about? Let's see. Uh, I took so many notes. Like this is, you know, I'm an academic when I've got like, this chart on right the side. you are my only guest that like goes hey what are we going to be talking about and i tell you like okay no problem let me do some research on it no one else is like hold on a second let me uh let me <laughs> well it also comes with my job there's so much to know and it's like i also just don't want to you know seem like a dumbass when i'm like talking it's like oh i have a phd like i should know better um right, i right. feel like the, the more and more i learn the less and less i know which yeah. is fantastic you know that, and I, all my I other really guests get to work okay dr d is blowing you out of the water with all this prep work here <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, you can send them my notes. <laughs> send them my notes and see. Um, I did take some stuff on neurotransmitters because I know you were curious about. Like, yeah, yeah. So we can talk about that too. yeah. So this is not necessarily a stress topic, but I know we talk a lot, and I feel like the words and the words definitely get used interchangeably, but they're not quite when we're talking about like serotonin and dopamine and and all those different kind of. Um, they're thrown around. They're they're nice buzzwords now when we talk about mental health, and I feel like they're not necessarily understood properly, and maybe I don't understand them properly. So, can you just go through and explain to us what they are, what they do, and you know how they how we can use them properly when we're talking about our brain? Absolutely. Okay. And so, just for a very basic foundation, and technically, they are kind of related to stress, just because when you think about it, you know, they occur in your brain. They're involved in signaling the HPA axis, you know, your hypothalamus and your pituitary are in your brain. 
it's all connected. It's all related. They do play a role and they do kind of, you know, balance in and out, whether they're kind of more directly, you know, causative, a little bit less, but they, since they are involved in signaling, they are directly related to this. But neurotransmitters at the very basic, they are basically just transmitters or signals and, and kind of just kind of instruction. It's like, I guess, dispatch. They'd be like the dispatch of your brain. They tell okay. you, you know, what's going on. They, they connect people They you know, signal for, you know, super urgent call, go do something. I don't know what you guys call that, but like mm-hmm. go now versus like a 10 for, okay, you can stop now. Um, but they're the li- literal like signals between your brain. And actually most people just kind of, you know, hear about, um, you know, dopamine and serotonin. Um, but you actually have like over 40 neurotransmitters in your brain. Okay. Um, these are just more of the more common ones. Um, there are seven main ones we talk about in science. I don't know if you've heard of acetylcholine that's kind of involved with like muscle movement, um, norepinephrine, epinephrine, mm-hmm. um, epinephrine is adrenaline. That's the scientific word for it. Um, norepinephrine is noradrenaline. They play a role obviously in activation of your body. Um, you know, helping with, we talked about, you know, glucose and cortisol, all that fun stuff. Uh, we have dopamine. Dopamine is usually responsible for processing like sensory information. Um, so motor control, like your emotions, whether you like or dislike something, uh, even thought processes. And that's why, like we talk about dopamine a lot, um, with ADHD because, you know, we're constantly thrill seeking with dopamine. Right. And dopamine also plays, uh, actually I'll jump back to that one. Just want to give you a couple other ones. We have, okay. uh, GABA, um, GABA is another, um, that's actually an inhibitory that can stop you from doing certain things, which is ah. kind of cool. Um, you have glutamate. Most people have heard of glutamate because you see it on your like pre-work or not pre-work, but like your, your protein, your acids. Yeah. yeah. Um, serotonin is another one, which we will also talk about since they kind of, uh, serotonin and dopamine are kind of opposites, but not really. They're very similar, mm-hmm. but opposite. And then histamine, which you guys hear about with like allergies and things like that. Histamine is actually technically a neurotransmitter. Okay. So jumping back to our dopamine, which is our main one. The cool thing about dopamine is it's one of the few neurotransmitters that's actually, it can be excitatory and inhibitory. Like if you don't have enough dopamine um, or too much in certain situations, it can actually inhibit you from doing certain things. But meanwhile, like most of us are, are constantly on this, you know, seeking activities that will give us dopamine. Mm-hmm. And again, tying that back into our very first talk, you know, we talked about a lot how uh, that gene phenotype we talked with first responders um, the COMT, how that helps with dope, like it's involved in dopamine processing. And a lot of cops have uh, very good dopamine processing and actually can clear it really well, which can help you be really good under stressful situations and activating situations. But at the same time, because you clear it so well, you constantly are deficient. And, and so you want more. Elevated. Yeah. So thrill seeking behaviors, giving your uh, lieutenant a lap dance at a Christmas party. Um <laughs> posting memes on the internet, laughing That's it. at things yeah. on the internet, um, you know, things like that. So it can be, you know, good behaviors, you know, food can, you know, especially if you eat something you really like can produce those feelings of, you know, happiness with that dopamine um, or, you know, bad behaviors like gambling can also produce, um, you know, the surge that you guys are looking for. Mm. Um, you know, so it's involved in a lot of that. And meanwhile, like serotonin is kind of on the opposite end of that spectrum um, serotonin is more so like appetite. Let's see. I think it's appetite suppression. Mm. Um, yeah. Dopamine's activate, uh, dopamine is act. Mm, I'm exhausted. Trigger. Trigger. <laughs> <laughs> My brain, I'm running out of sugar now. Um, that's what this is. This is decreasing. No, dopamine increases your appetite. Serotonin decreases your appetite. Um, and they're kind of interchangeable. It also looks like too, that, 
you know, serotonin may actually like block levels of dopamine in certain cases too. So mm-hmm. it's kind of this balance of like going up and down and stuff like that. Um, but uh, that one's a little bit more linked to anxiety um, too, because again, serotonin can be more so just kind of like chilling out almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times too, that's why it's really important to go see a psychiatrist. You know, if you are uh, experiencing this issue is to actually see a medical professional and kind of go through your symptoms and kind of figure out really what works best for you sure. um, in terms of, you know, treatments that could help. Like if you do need a drug to help, you know, control levels of dopamine, or if you need an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, basically. Um, okay. Let's get really nerdy for like yep. five seconds. No, we're ready. Let's do it. Okay. You have two neurons and they're like little fingers kind of like touching each other mm-hmm. and the space between those little fingers is known as the synaptic cleft. It's like, um, imagine a cop is one and a dispatcher is the other. The dispatcher is sending that neurotransmitter signal across to the cop. Anything that doesn't get absorbed by the cop just kind of gets, you know, the, the, the dispatcher like pulls it back up again, Takes recycles it, it to use it for a future call to somebody else. Like what if you're like code brown and like you can't take the call. So like, I don't know. There's, I, this is okay. a really bad No, 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 no. We're, I, I, I'm totally following it. Hopefully everyone else is too. I'm trying really hard. <laughs> so the dispatcher <laughs> That's what she like, said. takes I know takes the signal back and like tries to send it to a different officer or, or signal it someplace else. Um, basically, what what this selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor does is basically that this dis, this dispatcher, rather than taking the call back, would just be like, "No, hurry the fuck up! Like, get done. Let's go wipe. Let's you know move on. <laughs> right, right. We gotta take this call." And, and basically, keeps that extra serotonin, you know, prevents it from being taken back up again. Keeps it in that little synaptic cleft slash your radio signal, whatever, so that eventually, you know, the cop on the other end gets that full message and all the serotonin. Mm. Um, so that's <laughs> a really weird analogy for how SSRIs work. No, I uh, think I think it worked. I think I think I I think I copied it all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, that's very good. So now when we're talk when we in- talk about stress regarding that, does stress kind of inhibit or change how we process or maybe oh, get yeah. dopamine or serotonin delivered? Absolutely. You know, how much is released can also be affected by it too. Um, because serotonin and dopamine are those signaling molecules that can activate, you know, and go from the amygdala to activate the hypothalamus and the pituitary and things like that. Um, so, you know, it is, they play a role and being under constant stress can actually alter levels of that. Like your brain can change, you know, um, being depressed for long periods of time can also alter Mm -hmm. levels of neurotransmitters, things like that. Um, you know, so it's kind of this fine balance. Everything's connected one little part gets, you know, disrupted, there could be kind of chaos in all the systems. Um, you know, so it does, that's, you know, why you do see a lot of anxiety and depression linked with, you know, being stressed out and things like that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, under long-term stress, you're, you know, you're really looking at so many negative things that it's, you know, it's so important to, if you're feeling stressed, That's why I, you know, I always say I use the analogy of like being in water and, you know, are you treading water? Are you out of the water? Are you, are you drowning? I feel like if, even if you're treading water or even if you're out of the water, you need to talk to somebody because when you're drowning, you, you want to already have that life preserver with you. You don't want to just, you know, hope that it gets to you. Um, And I feel like, you know, when, when you, you, go to therapy or you just have these um, self-help techniques and all these different ways of, you know, relaxation and things that we talked about before. It's ways to get yourself out of that water as opposed to hoping that, you know, someone throws 
you know, the buoy out to get you. Well, and sometimes too, it's, it's, it also comes down to being independent too mm-hmm. and, and, and confident because if you know that you know what resources are available to you when you can't really do it on your own, gives you a sense of confidence that like, you know, there's a safety net, there's a backup and that can give you that confidence to know that, yeah, it may feel like you're treading water, but you know how to swim. Yes. Like you know how to do this, you know how to handle this. And, and sometimes just having that mentality can make all of the difference. Right. And before you know it, you know, you tread water long enough, you're going to find the ladder to get you out of the pool and you're good to go. Yeah. So, or, or you just develop the muscles and like, you can just go all day and like yeah, iron in it, you know, yeah, you can just, can just keep treading. Absolutely. I, I, well, agree. I want to keep treading, but like you get to that point where you're like, yeah, like I got Michael Phelps's, you know, swimmer's oh, body yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. It's like you're working on yourself and you're building that resilience and that tolerance and like, not in a bad way, but you're developing the confidence that yes, you can handle this. You know, you're building yourself up and then, you know, you're getting that, you know, swimmer's body and you got this and like, you're going to win the Olympics next year. Exactly. That's true. It's very true. And it's a good thing to keep in mind. Um, Okay. So we've got that. We've got our neurotransmitters. We got stress. We got some cortisol. What else we got? What Uh, what else do cops and first responders need to know about stress? uh, It can affect all systems. I think a lot just kind of think of the neurological aspects of it too, but stress. I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. You get tense, you tighten up your muscles, you know, jaw pain, headaches can be associated with that. Mm. Obviously neck pains, you guys get a lot of neck pains. You also wear the belts, uh, depending on what kind of belt you wear can also put strain on your muscles too. And again, that ties into your systems are all connected. Physiological stress of like, you know, actual like physical weight and yeah, can affect your brain too. And can, you know, Imagine when you're getting sick, you know, sometimes you can feel crappy mentally right before you get sick because your body's fighting a, you know, an infection. All of your energy is going towards fighting this. Your body doesn't feel good. Your cells don't feel good. Your brain in turn, you know, feels bad. Yeah. And then I can, yeah, no, I agree. I, I can speak firsthand. Um, I remember being stressed. This is just a few months ago, being stressed about training and then uh, doing something physical in training. So then, you know, my mind was going a million miles a minute. Um, then I had physical stress put on it and the pain, I, I couldn't move. Like my, my shoulders were tight. My back was tight. And I've always had back issues from working, but um, it was, it was worse than it. It felt like I pulled my back, but my entire back, usually if I pull my back, it's like mid to lower, but it was my whole back. I remember driving home from work that day. 10 and two. And I like, I, I was like Batman in like the 1989 movie where I couldn't move my neck. I was like moving my whole body just so I could like look out my window. It was bad. And I talked to different people about it and they're like, dude, how much stress are you under? Like that is not good. And, but when you think about it, you know, now my mind was already worried about whatever it was already worried about. Now I'm worried about my body and my body is already under its own stress. It is just, it is not a pleasant time. One stress can lead to inflammation in the body too. Like cortisol can lead to that. And so that's kind of where the weight gain comes from. It's usually just kind of like inflammation and inflammatory markers at the basis of it. That's why like, you know, neuroimmunology is so cool because kind of like at at the basis of it, stress, viruses, bacteria all kind of produce the same, you know, end result. There's still this inflammation, all these, you know, pro-inflammatory signaling molecules, which can cause damage in all of your other systems. You know, you can have muscle pain. The one that gets me constantly, like stress can cause GI symptoms. Like if your stomach is constantly messed up, like you get anxious, you always kind of feel that, that, that sinking feeling right below your rib cage and like your mm-hmm, diaphragm, mm-hmm. you know, that's definitely related to stress. Um, sometimes some people have argued like hiccups can be related to it. Um, 
you know, you can see issues like it can even trigger asthma attacks in some people. Um, you know, it does cause uh, inflammation to your, your, you know, your blood vessels and things like that, which can lead to heart attack, stroke, um, you know, sure. cardiac conditions, things like that. Um, so, you, you know, the body systems are all connected and related. And so like really getting a handle on this can be really good to just kind of help, you know, all your physical pain. That's kind of why I recommended taking the probiotic, um, you know, way back when, just because probiotics have been shown, like they've done some really, really cool studies. My students love this. Um, they think I'm addicted to, well, not addicted. They think I have a, a I'm interested in poop because I talk about it a lot. Okay. Microbiology, there's a lot of bacteria in poop. A lot of your gut is bacteria. Most of the poop that you're passing is food material and dead bacteria and stuff like that. Um, but serotonin can even be produced by bacteria in your gut. And they've even shown in depressed people, they've taken stool samples between mm. like people who report being really happy and people who are, be, report being really stressed and depressed. And they notice that there are different bacterial species that tend to be elevated or decreased um, in people who are depressed compared to people who are happy. And they've actually gone and taken poop samples from happy people, processed it down and made poop pills that you mm. can take oh, to okay. actually replenish your gut microbiome to kind of help with mood. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it's still preliminary, but there's a lot of, you know, support and, and data that seems to show that this can help. Um, and so taking probiotics is probably slightly better than taking a poop pill because you I, don't yeah. have an image of taking poop. Um, but they have certain bacterial species that they've linked like L. rhamnosus, um, lactobacilli, a lot of the different lactobacilli species uh, have been linked to better mood and happiness, you know, as well as just overall gut health. And especially if your gut's just kind of upset, more mm -hmm. hydrochloric acid's being produced because of the stress, taking a probiotic is one of those easy things that you can do um, to kind of, you know, prevent and help. And do make sure too that you, you pick a, a good reputable company to buy probiotics from because they are not FDA regulated. You do not want to buy some crappy pill. It's just nothing but sawdust. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. But Reach out to the doc because she, she steered me in the right <laughs> direction. So not, it's not a medical recommendation. She was just like, no, Hey, friend to friend. I can tell you which companies do, you know, external testing and they do post, you know, there are a couple, I think a lot of the nature made and stuff like that. They do post their, um, you know, just check to make sure they're third party and externally tested and you're not just buying like stuff from like, some rando like on a, Amazon. Yeah, right, right. Some placebo pill or something like, oh yeah, yeah, my gut feels great. And you're just taking air. Fiber and sawdust. I mean, which could help, you know, fiber helps clear everything out. You feel better. So, you know, true, who knows? Right. It might actually help. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely check to make sure they're externally tested and things like that. Nice, nice. Um, anything else as far as stress is concerned? I know, I know you took a lot of notes, so I want to make sure we we touch on all the points that you may want. Touched on everything. Let's see. Do you want to talk about the the tips that you can do? We're gonna to... we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll we'll talk about all that. Um, yeah. All right. So, thank you so much for the conversation about stress. I know this is kind of just touching the surface of it. There's just so much to talk about stress and de-stress and, and everything like that. But thank you so much for that. Let's take a quick break and then we will come back and we'll talk. Um, got a bunch of listener questions and we're going to touch on all that. Did you know that in the years 2017 to 2018, the American obesity rate was over 42%? Did you further know that police officers are 25% more likely than the average American to die from obesity related illnesses? These are diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and high blood pressure. So what do we do? Do we continue to stay victims to shift work and terrible nutrition options while going call to call? Or do we do something about it? Well, I decided to do something about it, and that's why I started working with Nick Wall Nutrition. 
Nick is one of less than 100 professional nutritionists in the entire United Kingdom and has worked with many professional athletes from soccer, rugby, cricket, and even Team Great Britain. And all of his plans are backed by pure scientific evidence. Eating the foods you love and losing weight doing it. No fad diets, no pills, no powders, and no god-awful detox teas. Nick is the real deal and was named Nutrition Specialist of the Year for the year 2019 to 2020. Check him out on Instagram at NickWallNutrition or NickWallNutrition.com and join Nick's team and change your life. All right, we're back and we've got Dr. Delery, Dr. D, the big PhD is chilling with us once again thank you so much for giving us that insight on stress on cortisol on all those different things um you know i think cops are not very brainy or sciencey so we're just going to talk and talk and talk and talk and i you know sometimes you get someone who knows what they're talking about and then you get a lot of people that don't and i feel like we get all these misconceptions or misunderstandings and then that for some reason is the one that seems to go viral and then we're all like oh yeah you know you need this so thank you for clearing the water a little bit for us i think it's important you know we talked about why it's important to understand your stress and how to treat it so thank you very much for taking some time and chatting with us about it i appreciate it of course Yours are my favorite, so I have to. Oh, oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Also, for everyone listening, be sure to keep an eye out for the spring where we're going to have D back on and we're going to be doing Drunk Cops oh, no. 4. Yeah, it's going to happen. Abort. Abort mission. <laughs> but before that, before we embarrass the doctor again, we are going to do questions from the audience. Finally, someone actually uh, started to pay attention to my stories and they're asking some questions. So we've got a bunch. I don't know who wants to be anonymous and who doesn't. So we're just going to fire away. So the first one we re- we referenced him earlier is our buddy canine Loki. Yes. He says, how can something make the brain both happy and stressed out more than anything else? He's talking about his dog, but I feel like cops had that across the board. So how, how can something make you happy and stressed out at the same time? Well, I'd probably classify that as you stress. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's something that still makes you happy. Like it gives you that dopamine and, and dogs are adorable. And, and Loki is absolutely precious. And if she ever goes missing, allegedly. Um, she might be in your front yard. Yeah, backyard, but yes, backyard. she will She will be here in Indiana with me. Oh. <laughs> that kind of comes down to that. It's, it's one of those, like, you can definitely handle it. You've had dogs before. You know how to manage them. But it's obviously, you know, you come home and she's eating your underwear or chew through all your socks or whatever, you know it's a stressful, you know, acute instance that will produce that, you know, yeah, ah! negative stress response briefly, but you know, at the end of the day, you still love her. So yeah. Got to do what you got to do. All right. Next question is from our buddy, Frank. He goes, yeah. why did you kill Harambe? <laughs> I did not kill Harambe. I did not work with uh, gorillas. Um, <laughs> gorillas are not experimented on in the United States. Uh, the highest we go is rhesus macaques. And even then you have to go through a lot of justification process. Oh, Oh, we, we have a special guest on the show now. Nola, Nola said, hi, hi, I love you all. I just want to give you puppy kisses and cuddle. And she heard me talking about Loki. So yeah, she, she got jealous. She's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm the puppy in charge here. <laughs> she got um, big, man. She is huge. She's probably, she's bigger than Thor. So she's probably 30, 35 pounds now. Oh, she's wow. going to be 50 or 60 by the end of the year, I think. Or, well, Jeez. Well, end of her, end of, end of her year. Yeah. She's six months right now. So she's oh, wow. a big girl. She's a big girl. <laughs> Frank has a second question. He goes, is there a GoFundMe for Harambe? <laughs> I bet there is. I would not be 
surprised if someone started to go find me for Harambe. You can right, look right. for it. Although the weird thing when I was down in Indianapolis, like walking around, kind of exploring the city a little bit more, there's a giant gorilla statue or something on top of one of the apartment buildings down there. Really? I was really creeped out. It is creepy. I was, I was listening to a uh, podcast about the Denver International Airport, how they think it's like a satanic thing or whatever. And we were, t- they were talking about Lucifer. Oh, we were talking about this when we, yeah, before we press record yep. on the other one. Yeah. Crazy. And then they also have gargoyles there too around the outside. I don't, I don't get, I mean, I, I guess, I guess there's a reason, but I'm not a history person, so I don't know the reason. Yeah. I know my limitations at science. I'll stick to the science. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Speaking of science, Frank says he got his booster and has a weird burning sensation. A burning sensation when you pee is most likely an STD, Frank, and I highly recommend you get tested. <laughs> Several times. <laughs> all right. Now back onto the, uh, the proper conversation here uh we've got someone here i can't pronounce the username so i'm not going to it says what are the real effects of graveyard shift on our health uh, oh, we, kind I think of, we cover, that, in we cover that pretty well uh what are natural remedies for sleeplessness caused by anxiety natural remedies um obviously everyone's going to push yoga and meditation kind of addressing the reason that you can't sleep whether it's you know your body's not adjusted to that that circadian rhythm or um you know you're you're thinking about you know, uh, intrusive thoughts or like repetitive thoughts of stress, you know, meditation and yoga are fantastic. Mm-hmm. You know, getting a bedtime routine that you stick to and do the same thing over and over and over again. So whether it's like, you know, go work out for a few minutes and then stretch, slow down, things like that. Um, I do have some stress tips that I want to talk about, which could be used for before sleep. It can also be used while you're on the shift and trying to lower if you spend, especially if you notice your heart rate elevating and you're trying to calm yourself down. Mm. I call it stress tips because the great thing about it is it actually spells out the word tip T-I-P-P. The first one is temperature. You want to change your temperature to kind of just reset and kind of just get you out of like that focus for a second. And so this can be things like splashing your face with cold water, um, holding an ice cube in your hand or your mouth, uh, even turning on your AC really high and just blasting in your face for a second. Sometimes that shock can kind of just like bring you back to the moment. Uh, Cold showers also effective. Uh, If you can, intense exercise, even if it's like a quick sprint, a couple jumping jacks and push-ups, anything to get the blood flowing, can help manage that stress. Like, so even doing, you know, a quick sprint to get rid of some stress before bed might not be the worst thing ever. Um, something I like to do is paced breath, which is like controlling your breathing. There's a really cool one that I like called the box breath, which is really easy to remember because it's breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, breathe out for four seconds, and then hold that, you know, breath out for four seconds and just repeat that and kind of controlling your breath and actively thinking about it can kind of override that stress response mm-hmm. and your autonomic nervous system by actively voluntarily controlling your breathing. That's one of the best things, honestly, you can do. It can help slow your heart rate down too. Uh, and especially before bed, if you're anxious, that can be a really, really great way to calm down. And then the last P is for paired muscle relaxation, which is actually what I do to help myself fall asleep. Think of one muscle group, focus on that, and then tighten it for five seconds, release it, and then try to relax. And um, what I usually do is I start at my feet and think about my feet and then just move up to the top of my head. And that helps slowly like relax each muscle group as you move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that can help you put you in the mindset to go to sleep because you're actively like focusing on tensing up your muscles and holding it and then, you know, actively relaxing it. Uh, and that can be what you need to kind of slow down. So definitely paced breath and paired muscle relaxation before bed. Um, but all of those guys are really good that you can use to kind of, you know, help reset even if you're on on duty and, and going from a difficult call or even heading yeah. to a difficult 
call, something you can do to kind of just, you know, help you focus to blast the AC um, before you, you know, drive really fast someplace or something like that. Yeah. I, um, when I was in training and we were, you know, doing, you know, they stretch you out when you're in house training or the Academy, uh, they taught us combat breathing, which was very similar to the box breathing. You said very, very similar to that. Um, so that's good. And I've always, I noticed that when I was going to a hot call, you know, and my, I had one FTO and he would say that like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm focused when I'm not talking and he would just talk all shift. But when we were going to a hot call, he was just focused on getting there and he would work on breathing. And I adopted that. Whereas like, you know, I'm, I'm, everyone knows me. I, I chat a lot and music and blah, blah, blah. When I'm going to a hot call, the music goes off. I am just hyper-focused and I'm, I'm on it and I'm just breathing. I've had, I've had ride-alongs point like, Wow, you actually like shut up for a minute. It's crazy, um, <laughs> but that's great. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that kind of ties into the next one, which is what's the best stress relief. But that's kind of subjective, right? Because like, yeah, it depends on the person and what they like. I, you know, gym is great. The tip is fantastic for especially for quick something you need to reset. Yeah. Um, but just you know, that's why therapy works. They can give you a bunch of suggestions of things you can do uh, to de-stress. Um, you know, or just listen to the podcast, things like that. Yeah, exactly. Find something you like and do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, there's many, many different podcasts to listen to, not just mine. I, so that's the thing. I don't like, I listen to mine just to make sure that like, I didn't screw something up as I, you know, right before I publish it, but I'm not a big fan of listening to police podcasts. No offense to the ones that have them. I just, I want to listen to something different. So I listen to like, you know, the self-help or the philosophy ones or the big one that I like is time suck with Dan Cummings, where it's mm-hmm. kind of funny, but it's also informative that's that's my bread and butter right now. I want a fun one. Uh, this podcast will kill you. Is a really good one. That's okay. a science one. Or science versus. It's a really short one. And so okay. if you like the little clips of like something nerdy, science versus, and this podcast will kill you. I listen to the cop ones, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and like, like I want to support you. At least this one's kind of more like more general, right? It doesn't yeah. get too too copy. Oh, no. And I then like of course, if you guys have like, what's that? I said yours is one of the easier ones for me to follow for the most part. Every right. once in a while, there'll be like a, a number or something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 10 and more. Then, <laughs> and then no, there's, um, if you have 300 hours that you have nothing else going on, you can always listen to the Hey My Man podcast. They have 300, 300 yes. episodes. That, one's, that one is just like, it's random and it's, fun. It's great. It's it's just like the Seinfeld of podcasting. It's a show yeah. about nothing. And there's 300 well. hours of it. So just go the check it out. The dynamic is really good. It's, it's, yeah, that one's a fun one too. I told them that it was, it reminded me of like the old sitcoms that I would listen to or watch in the 90s where it's just like, you know, just dads just doing dad stuff. Um, all right. So the next one, oh, the, the point of the stress thing though for me is just like do something. That's, that's the important part. Do something. Um, it's okay to take that one day you know, a week or every two weeks or whatever, just to chill, but do something. Uh, the next one has absolutely nothing to do with anything we talked about this episode. <laughs> Does bleach really remove fingerprints as seen in the movie, the town? Okay. So I have not seen the movie, the town. I'm assuming he's referring to bleaching your fingerprints off of your body or bleaching fingerprints off of evidence. Probably off your body. Like if you off your body. body. Okay. So that's loaded. And lots of criminals have actually tried to remove it. Oh, John Dillinger, I think did it too, as a criminal. Um, my dad's actually a latent print expert, so I learned how to lift prints when I was in third grade. And yes, concentrated bleach can cause tissue damage. However, you'd have to do it for a really long period of time. It would probably be really painful because obviously you start to damage your nerves too. Um, but to really you know, get rid of your fingerprint, you'd have to go down to pretty deep layers. And that would actually cause just massive tissue destruction with specifically bleach. 
I would not recommend it at all whatsoever. This is a definitely do not try it at home. Um, I mean, if you've ever washed, like, um, cleaned your bathroom with, like, your bleach spray, that's not mm. even that concentrated of a bleach. Right, and if you it do hurts. it too long, you end up with, like, the, you know, pruny, super white fingers because you're literally causing tissue damage. Sure. Um, the other caveat with it that I learned from my dad, though, is that even with the scars from, you know, removing your fingerprints, those scars will be ident- identifiable and unique. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's kind of pointless. Right. But, you know, you do you. I don't recommend it at all whatsoever. Hear that? It's not doctor's orders. Um, no, next one not. is from your buddy DD10. He says, "I, I wish, I, I miss Wishbone." Wishbone misses you, Uncle Dylan. <laughs> We're gonna visit. Oh, actually, I think well, my dad knows now, so I can tell everybody. Uh, Doctor D is going to New Orleans for spring break, so nice. see all my buddies and hang out at all the NOPD roll calls for fun. Nice, very cool. Uh, then we have this question: How to differentiate between? Uh, fear of situations and stress when emotionally overwhelmed. And that's going to depend on the person. I would highly recommend therapy for that because you can kind of go through and sit down and see and talk about it. And, and I think it's that introspective, you know, figure it out from your perspective, like what's really going on. Like, is there a true, like, like with spiders, like, is it, is it true? Like, are you really going to die from a spider bite right now? Or are you just kind of having that like fear of something that may or may not happen? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd say probably subjective and, and definitely recommend therapy to kind of figure that out for yourself and like what's actively like, you know, is it legitimate? Impacting you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the last question. Yeah. Last question is from Biggs12. Are doctors supposed to be that cute? Oh, I love him. <laughs> yeah, um, he's sweet. He's so, he's so sweet. He has the worst meat, like, like worse is in like really raunchy uh-huh yeah if you're lucky enough to like them but if you're lucky enough to make it to the green circle of trusts wow you'll oh, you'll be a change of trust is a magical mad forget that pill that she asked about you need to get to that green circle of trust that's right just add bigs 12 if he accepts you <laughs> and then we'll watch what happens all right doc that is it that is all our questions for today i really appreciate your time i really appreciate your insight and of course conversation as always yes and dms are open for science questions and where do they find you uh at ph delery it's a pun on my name perfect all right guys we will be right back once again thank you dr d and again we'll be right back awesome bye you guys
I'm back! Dr. D, once again, always a treat. Hopefully you guys learned something. If you have any questions, hit her up at phellery. All right, ph delery. That's it. Phd delery. That's that's what it is. Um, on Instagram, and she will give you some uh, insight as long as she's on Instagram. And Frank hasn't uh, triggered her to deactivating for that given time. And that's basically our episode today, guys. I don't really have much to talk about in closing, so we're gonna uh, get ready to wrap it up. Wrap it up before you tap it up, folks. Um, once again, I'm gonna always promote my store ten eight memesecw ID, ecwid.com. We got shirts, t-shirts, um, tank tops, sweatshirts I think are still left, and a bunch of other good stuff. We are going to be doing new merch very soon. Um, so if you want to get what's here, I may or may not be reprinting what I've got. So you might as well get it while I do have it. I know we've been talking uh, about getting uh, mugs. We've been talking about glasses. Uh, new t-shirt designs, new different um, new different things. Also, speaking of merch, I am doing a partnership with Canuck Canada, Canuck underscore Canada, and we are we are giving away uh, tumblers and coffee mugs and all these other things. We're doing one giveaway at a time, so that way it doesn't overwhelm you guys because sometimes you guys just don't participate when I have free stuff to give to you. And uh, so right now there is a coffee cup up. Go to my Instagram page. I will reshare it today. I shared it last night, if you're listening in, in real time when I release this. And um, follow the rules, and you could be entered in for a new coffee mug, a stainless steel coffee mug by Canuck Canada. And you definitely want to check that out. And we're going to be doing more giveaways, too. And we are going to do a mass pre-order for the actual Yeti Tumblr. But you can get yours free. Just keep paying attention to the Instagram. We're going to be doing some more giveaways uh, in, in the very near future. And I think that's it, folks. I, I really think I, I don't have much more to say. Next week, we have Amy Beckler. She is a licensed therapist. But she is also a yoga teacher. She is a meditation leader. And that's what we're going to be talking about is meditation and mindfulness. And I know, I know how cops are. Uh, I've been around you guys long enough. I know that, you know, the surly ones, the really salty ones are going to be what the fuck is this. Uh, Trust me, guys. This is going to be good stuff. I think everyone from the brand new boot to the salty veteran, everybody in between, you're going to want to check it out. It's good. Uh, had a great conversation with her. A lot of the stuff that I've talked about with Ben, with uh, Dr. D, and a bunch of my guests in the past have kind of echoed uh, or were echoed in this episode. And we also include some guided meditation, some other stuff. You guys are going to check it out, especially if you've never done it before. This is like a free intro into this stuff. And who knows, you might find a new hobby that you actually like really enjoy that doesn't, you know, make you fat, doesn't make you a drunk, doesn't make you a a bad spouse. So many great things, man. So why would you say no to that? I don't know. And also, if you got to this point of the episode, you haven't you haven't shut me off yet. This is the big one. Uh, This past week, I did my interview with Jenna Rose and the Street Cop podcast talking about why I left the road and and everything that kind of went along with it. It's a big mental health episode. It's going to be on their platform very soon. So everyone, if you're not following Street Cop training, I don't know how, but if you're not, go follow them. Go follow the Street Cop podcast on all your social media or podcast websites. 
and just keep an eye out because it's going to be me and Jenna Rose and who knows we may do more in the future it depends on how well this one is received but it is it is nitty-gritty it is honest it is bare bones I I really you know exposed myself completely and talked about a lot of stuff that is very tough to talk about so I really hope you guys check it out and I, and I would appreciate your feedback on it as well so that is it let's talk music for the day and then let's get out of here because I know you guys got shit to do music for today again we started with seconds to say or Brian or anthem whatever and it, it was the 10a theme song man we have our own theme song it's so cool um, oh you know what no, let's let's stop because I, I have another thing real quick before we get too far into it listen no one gives me a call anymore and it really pisses me off I want you guys to call because it's an audio podcast and when you guys answer my questions via text it doesn't work the same guys it really doesn't so give me a call um, my next episode is going to be, um, let's see, I'm recording with Erica Gaines tomorrow. So I've got some stuff coming up, but it's, it's going to be, uh, after the fact. So if you do have any questions or you just want to talk or whatever, call the number. Here's the jingle. Here it goes. It sounds like this. The 10A podcast is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Just kidding. But the 10A podcast is made possible because of people like you taking about an hour of your week out and listening to me and i love nothing more than hearing from you so what i want you to do is call because this is an audio podcast and text messages just don't work the same call the 10a podcast and i will play your voice clip on my show you can literally call about anything it could be a question it could be a complaint it could be a grievance it could be a gripe it could be a bitch it could be a moan don't be a moan that would that would be weird um, but yes, I want you to call and I want to share it to the masses. So please give me a call 352-610-1692. Again, that's 352-610-1692. Save that in your phone. It does not go to my phone. It goes to a voicemail and I will play your voice on my show. All right, let's get back into it. All right, so I hope by the time I go to put together the Amy Beckler episode in the beginning of next week, you guys have called me. So, you know, call me. As long as you get your calls in by, like, Monday or Tuesday, they will make the episode. I typically do not put things together until then. Some weeks it's a little later. Sometimes, very rarely, it's a little sooner. But, yes, if you get me your calls by Monday or Tuesday, they will almost definitely make it on that week's episode. That being said, let's go back to the music wrap-up. We have, uh, like I said, the 10-8 the theme song. Then we had Breathe, or Breath, I'm sorry, Breath by Breaking Benjamin. Then we had Somebody by Memphis May Fire, which is absolutely amazing song. That whole CD that that's on, or CD, do people call them CDs anymore? Well, they call them albums and records, but they, those are even more archaic. Whatever it's called, the release that that's on, absolutely amazing. Go listen to it. Memphis May Fire. Uh, somebody it's it's great and then we're gonna wrap it up with another shinedown song shinedown has a lot of mental health songs i really dig shinedown i mean i always have if you go back to last year's january 1st episode or whatever it was around that time with officer smith i talk about shinedown a little bit that's like one of my go-to bands that i don't listen to too much anyway it's their song monsters and uh we're gonna play that one out and then we're gonna you know see you next week guys Everybody, thank you so much for your support. You guys can rate me on 
iTunes, you can rate me on Spotify, you can review me on iTunes, and I would love you to do all that, and then I want you to take the episode and share it to your buddies. Say, hey, this is something you should listen to. Even if it's not this episode, go find one of the other ones that you'd like even more and share it. Whatever you think would be a good first episode for someone to listen to. A lot of people, they go right to the first one with Dennis Benino, and they think that's the best one to start with. Hey, I support them all. I love them all. And, um... I would love if you would share it to your buddies and get this a little bit going. Listen, we have, on average, and I know this number is not great, I'm not bragging because people like Street Cop and Poorly Made and all those, you know, their listenership is much bigger than mine. That's fine. Whatever. My listenership is a solid five to 600 a week. Now, I know that maybe, I don't know, 60, maybe, message, to, message me regularly saying, hey, I love the show. That being said, there are so many more people that I don't talk to and I don't know that listen consistently every week. So, to that, to you people that that do not reach out to me, I want to say thank you because for every one person that listens to my episode and takes something away from it or finds a meme that makes them laugh and, you know, makes them forget about how shitty things can be, that is a win for me. And I might get I keep hitting my fucking microphone. That I might get down on myself a little bit, and I get down because I really think that what I present is good, and I really would like more people and more law enforcement officers to really listen and, and val- get the value out of it that I that I see. I definitely see a lot of value in the content I put out. I take a lot of pride in the content I put together. That's why when I see some of these hokey, kind of gimmicky meme pages or whatever come together and put out stuff that has no effort, I get a little butthurt about it because I'm like... Dude, I put a lot of time into these episodes. Not so much in the memes. The memes I can make on the toilet. Like, that's not a big deal. But the the podcast, I do. I do put a lot of effort into it. And I know people like Poorly Made and Street Look Cop, they do too. So, what I'm asking is that if you're enjoying what I'm putting out, please send it out to your people. I would love for... Because before I took my break over the summer, I was averaging like 700, 800 people. And I haven't gained everybody back yet. So if you could send this out to people so I can rebuild those numbers, that would be amazing. Um, like I said, I really think that we've got something really good here. We've got a really nice community um, of the 35,000 people that follow me on Instagram. Again, that's not a great number compared to some of the bigger pages, but it's big for me because I didn't expect two people to follow this page. But of that 35,000, I really think we have a nice tight-knit community. I know of people that have met people to date and get engaged and you know it listen if 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 you end up having a baby with someone that you met through my page i better at least get an invite to like the baby shower or something man i'll i'll bring a pack of diapers you know what i mean least i could do for being uh being the kid's godfather or something anyway what am i even talking about i don't know just share my freaking show man that's really that's really all i care about i appreciate you guys so much thank you so much for hanging out with me every single week and i know that if i skip a week or if i take you guys get all bitchy so i know you guys are here i know you guys are solid and i appreciate it i i really do thank you so much for being here thanks for the support as always rate review subscribe share to your buddies and we'll see you next time friends take care of each other stay safe once again from Southwest Florida, 10-8, out.